Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another TV Party Tonight Extra. Another commentary coming at you. This time, it's live sports, fight sports, combat sports, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with the punchy pugilist, Pat Mullen. How do you do, sir? Mark, I'm excellent. It is a great night for a great fight only in America. Tonight, Pat Mullen and I will be providing alternative commentary for Triple G versus Canelo Alvarez 2. I'm excited. How about you, Pat? You see the tail of the on the screen right now. Biggest difference would be the age. Canelo, 28. Golovkin, 36 years of age. One and a half inch height advantage to Gennady Golovkin at 5'10 and a half. One inch arm length advantage. The weigh-in, virtually identical. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the first fight, Pat? Uh, what happened there? How did it end? How did we get to a rematch? Well, what we saw was both guys at various times doing what they do best. Golovkin applying punishing pressure behind a, a very powerful trip hammer jab. We saw Canelo show a lot of heart, rebound off of the ropes late in the fight and land some good combinations. Where we get into a problem was the scoring, and specifically the card of Adelaide Bird, whom both boxing and MMA fans detest all too well. She scored the fight 10 rounds to 2 for Canelo, which is absurd on every level. The majority of viewers, including myself, had the fight close but comfortably for Gennady Golovkin. Uh, my scorecard was 116 to 112, which is 8 rounds to 4. Uh, I was trying to be as lenient to Canelo as possible. I think any range from 8 to 4 to 7 to 3 is realistic for Golovkin. Or, excuse me, 8 to, eight to 4, 7 to, five, 7 to 4 to 1, 9 to 3. I think they're all realistic scores for Golovkin. Anything that scored for Canelo is not defensible, really, in this fight, nor was a draw, which is what the final result we got was. Uh, we have a repeat judge in this fight from the first fight. That would be Dave Moretti, who I historically disagree with on many fights. Dave Moretti has scored fights, notably such as Sugar Ray Leonard versus Marvin Hagler for Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, the first fight between these two, he scored for Golovkin, but by the narrowest of margins, at seven rounds to five, 115 to 113. I scored, as I said, 116 to 112. There were scores all over the place for rounds. It was very controversial. Leading into this fight, we were supposed to have an immediate rematch in May. Canelo Alvarez tested twice positive for a, a drug called clenobuterol, which his camp blamed on contaminated Mexican beef. Golovkin's camp dismissed it, felt he was caught cheating. He took a tune-up fight in May against Vanis Matarosian and steamrolled him in two rounds. And that's led us to tonight. We're at the weigh-in yesterday. Things got very contentious. Canelo put up a front and shoved Golovkin and tried to engage him. Golovkin, almost Drago-esque, very stone-faced and steely. It was broken up. But we're here live tonight for the rematch to erase any doubts that the first fight might have cast on either guy. This is an HBO pay-per-view. Uh, under what auspices are we having this fight? Is this the world, uh, the WBC, WBA? Who's uh, who's the the, uh, the body? The sanctioning bodies for this fight are, if I am not mistaken, the Ring Magazine legitimate middleweight championship, according to some, not to me, the WBC middleweight championship, the WBO middleweight championship, and the WBA middleweight championship. I believe the IBF championship. I don't know, excuse me, the uh, WBO championship is held by Billy Joe Saunders. The most important title that this falls on could, would be called the Lineal Middleweight Championship, 
And what that means is this is the man who beat the man who beat the man. And in this case, the lineal champion would actually be Canelo, as he has beaten Mar uh, Miguel Cotto, who had beaten Sergio Martinez, who had beaten Kelly Pavlik, who was the last uh, rather undisputed middleweight champion. Although it's long been suggested that Golovkin is the truly best middleweight in the world by beating the most other top middleweights and capturing almost every belt. But he didn't... Uh... May Mayweather managed to retire though without taking this fight, which is an awful shame. People say they were he, he was absolutely ducking Triple G. What do you think about that? I can't suggest that he was ducking Golovkin. It was really kind of a no-win scenario for him, and he didn't have anything to gain from it. And by the way, refereeing this fight, my good friend Benji Estevis Jr. Benji, keep it fair, keep it firm. Outstanding. I think I've told you in the past, uh, we are fans. Now, granted, I'm a fan of, fan of Triple G. He's a hard hitter, you know, violent fighter. I like the guy. I want to see him win this fight. But it breaks my heart because uh, for the last couple of years, my wife and I, big fans of Canelo, we love cinnamon. Yeah, you've, you've said a time or two, Sarah loves the cinnamon. <laughs> As we see uh, Canelo Alvarez walking out in his poncho. Good for him. <laughs> keep it. Keep the keep the heritage. Uh, keep the heritage going there, Canelo. Well, you know, the, the, there's been a lot of talk leading into this fight about who fights like a Mexican, and what that means is who's the guy who's going to go in, apply pressure, swarm, take two to give one, because Golovkin has long been referred to as a Mexican-style fighter. Canelo, of course, is actually Mexican, but does not often fight that way, and took some flack from fans in the first fight for what seemed to be a very uh, passive approach through the majority of the middle rounds of the fight. In your expert opinion, Pat, do you see uh, Triple G uh, putting the pressure on Canelo so as to avoid letting this go to a decision? Do you see him trying to end it early? I don't necessarily see him trying to end it early. I do see him trying to end it. I think he was the victim of some poor judging in the first fight. And based on the fact that we not only have a judge from that fight in Dave Moretti, who scored it fairly questionably in my opinion, but one of the other judges to this fight is Glenn Feldman, who is a known Canelo fan. That's a tough pill to swallow when you've got two judges immediately who may not be on your side. And Add to that Steve Weisfeld, who I think is one of the most outstanding judges in boxing. I think Steve Weisfeld does an excellent job in every fight he's in. But, for example, you know, Canelo had a fight with Amir Khan a couple of years ago and scored maybe the best knockout of his career. But prior to that, had lost basically every round of that fight. Glenn Feldman had that fight three rounds to two. There weren't two rounds you could give Canelo in that fight at that point. So I think the motivation is there not only from the first fight, but seeing who the judges are in this fight for, Canel for Golovkin to go out there and try to end this fight and have the judges be what's attached to the ends of his wrists. So by the same token, if, if Triple G puts the pressure on Canelo, really tries to end this thing, um, do you see him opening himself up to mistakes that Canelo can take advantage of? It, here's the thing. It's going to take a big adjustment from Canelo. Canelo is not a two-way fighter, and what I mean by that is he doesn't 
get into the exchanges. He doesn't counter guys while they're punching. He waits for a guy to finish, and then he opens up, or he ho he opens up first before the other guy does. He's not your typical counterpuncher who sees the opening while punches are being thrown and swings. He's a guy who has to set up his attack or wait for the other guy to stop. In order to fight Golovkin, you've got to get him while he's throwing because he's too defensively responsible while he's not. And if you wait, he's not going to stop. I was showing uh, some stats here. Last couple of fights, Shane Mosley, 2012, Floyd, oh, I missed it, uh, Floyd Mayweather, which he lost, uh, but I believe he lost by decision. Of course, his last fight looks like it was uh, against Triple G in 2017. And before that was a walkover against the corpse of Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. <laughs> a guy right. who really just did not even try in that fight. And we've got Joe Martinez who many people will know from his WEC announcing and MMA and does a great job here too. A lot of belts in that ring. Such pop and circumstance in boxing. I love it. Do you know, honestly, my favorite part of this is the Mexican national anthem. Is it really? I just think it's a beautiful song, the way it's sung. And después in la tierra... All right, Triple G getting loose in there, trying to stay warm. Yeah, you can see Triple G has a pretty good sweat worked up. And it's always important. The old saying is you go in the ring cold, you go out of the ring cold. And yeah. Golovkin looks to have a good sweat worked up, shirt sticking to him a little bit. Canelo a little bit dry. But he's also a guy who tends to take a more methodical approach to the fight. And he's getting a little bit worked up. He he looks a little bit ready to go. I swear to God, I don't know. I don't know if how much uh, acting uh, he's been doing, how many you know, film or commercial roles he's gotten. But I swear to God, he he could walk out of this ring tomorrow and look like he you know he could definitely get work on in, in pictures. Guy, the guy's got movie star good looks. He he does. He probably will after this. Because there's my buddy Benji. Great to see him in such a high profile fight. He deserves this, and I think he's going to do a tremendous job. I think he's been one of the best referees in boxing over the last decade, and I think he's the right man for this. Now, you watched the undercard to this fight. Uh, give me some 50 words or less here. How does that go? Some tremendous one-punch knockouts <laughs> um, and a complete mismatch for a guy who's touted to be a good prospect. Do we have a date yet for uh, what's the Alabama heavyweight? Uh, Deontay yeah. Wilder and Tyson Fury? Yes. Uh, we do. It's going to be on Showtime pay-per-view. Okay. And that date uh, is November 17, if I'm not mistaken. I have to make sure I, uh, I order that one. I'm a big fan of uh, Alabama, Deontay, Will uh, Deontay Wilder. I don't know why, but sure. <laughs> you know me. I like the heavyweights. Yeah. Uh, God knows why. We all have our fetishes. And Canelo getting a pretty good ovation from the crowd at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. The wife's letting me know that she's on her way home from watching Crazy Rich Asians. I let her. I just texted her back. I said, hey, I'm watching boxing and I'm recording. So I'm sure she'll still come through the house like a tornado. Yeah, probably, especially when she knows it's Canelo. <laughs> and now we see the introduction for the... 
guy with more belts, not the lineal champion, but long touted to be the best middleweight in the world. Triple G, Gennady Golovkin. Your casual heroes uh, recording buddy, Mr. Gavin Napier. How does he see this one going? Well, he's he's a, he's as big a Golovkin supporter as there is. So he's he's been on record as saying he likes Golovkin in, by a stoppage in the ninth round. I'm honestly inclined to agree with that, but we're going to see how this fight plays out. There's a lot of things that we need to see. Is Canelo going to wilt under the pressure the same way he did through the middle rounds of the first fight? Is Gennady going to get off to a very slow start? Is somebody going to be willing to take more chances in this fight and not fight as defensively responsible in order to try to open something up and let their hands go and do some damage earlier than they did? Um, I think people would argue that Canelo closed the fight stronger and opened the fight stronger, but Gennady took an undeniable hold through the middle third of that fight and I thought it was more than enough to win based on his effort there and half of the later rounds. You know, if the eyes are the window into the soul and they can tell you anything at all, I would tell you uh, Triple G has come to knock someone's head off. Canelo seems very casual. So this is, feels like he punched the clock and, you know, and has entered the ring and you know, he's, he's waiting on lunch here as we get started. We have uh, Triple G's opening up with some jabs. Up. Oh. The immediate thing to me is that Triple G has taken the center of the ring once again. And what that's going to allow him to do is dictate where the fight takes place because he has the option to stay in the center of the ring or move Canelo back with that power jab. And Canelo's opening up a little bit more than you saw in the first round. That's a good sign for Canelo. Triple G's really working that left jab. In the first fight between these two, Triple G out-jabbed Canelo by 100. And I would be not shocked in the least to see him try to replicate that effort. Do you think this is be what they would call an action fight? I do. I think the first fight was a subtle action fight in that it was more tactical but provided action. It wasn't necessarily Gotti Ward, but it didn't have to be. All right, Canelo's starting to unload now with his left. Definitely, definitely covering up though a lot in this first round. I think he's you know trying to dare Triple G to give him his best, best hardest punches. Let's get that out of the way early. I think each guy respects the other's power, especially having fought each other for twelve rounds. I think each guy knows what the other guy's bringing to the table in terms of their power shots and is being respectful early. Nobody's landed anything real significant. Each guy mainly working behind the jab. And if it's a fight of jabs, I tend to favor Gennady, not just due to the arm length. His jab is a power jab. He throws it at a slightly upward angle. It's got snap to it. It's, it's, it's as good as a lot of guys' right hands. Mm -hmm. Canelo, a couple of times, looks like, he's looks like he's tried to throw that left hook to find a home for it, but it hasn't really done any damage. No, it hasn't. Uh, Golovkin's been defensively responsible covering up. Uh, and, and the same can be said for Canelo. Golovkin hasn't really attempted a big power shot. But Canelo's held his hands in place. He's very disciplined. He's got his eyes set and focused. This is a very tactical first round you're seeing, uh, and I don't think that's necessarily a surprise. And there was a short little left hand by Canelo that kind of got in on the end. That's really the first connection I've seen on a non-jab. 
Neither, neither guy has his feet planted, but I don't see a tremendous amount of footwork either. No, and I think that's a defined difference in this fight. Canelo really was forced to move around a lot, and he tired very much in the middle rounds. Didn't catch his wind again until about round 10 after the third. Golovkin is a guy who really is very subtle with his footwork, his placement, moves when he has to, doesn't make extraneous moves, and that's why he's able to condition himself so well through the latter rounds of a fight. And that's the end of round one. We only saw uh, one one hold there. Uh, not a, you know, the, both men kept pretty active throughout the first round. A lot of jabs being thrown, as we said, a couple of left hooks. Only one hold there at the end, right before the round broke up. Good action round. Uh, I'm going to have to give that one to Golovkin. I would agree. I think the difference between the two is the power that Golovkin's putting into his jab. And really, the jab is the only punch we saw consistently from either guy. Uh, like I said, Canelo landed one short hook on the end. Uh, Golovkin landed a partial right hand over the top that was pretty well covered up by Canelo. Um, but I, I would think I would agree with Golovkin. I felt he was the aggressor, controlled more of the ring, and I think he, like I said, landed the more powerful jabs. Oh, there's LeBron. It's always fun to see who's in the audience for these fights. LeBron, Will Smith, Dave Chappelle to his right. Oh, Dave Chappelle's out of hiding. Good for him. He's always at the big fights. He doesn't miss them. Second round action underway. Lederman gave that one to Canelo. Can you believe that? I can because I rarely agree with Harold Letterman. And that's a trend that goes back to the day I was born, so that's not surprising. <laughs> and Canelo getting a little more aggressive. You can see he's trying to find a home for that left hook, but he's not setting it up, and he's winging it a little bit on the way in, and it's making it easier for Gennady to see that. He may be trying to set up that sneak right hand over the top that he landed on Amir Khan and on James Kirkland to finish them. Gennady trying to throw that long uppercut. That's a dangerous punch against a guy who's got as good a left hook as Canelo does. Canelo went low there with that left. And Benji right there to tell him to keep it up. Okay. Good left hook by Canelo. Got in on the nose of Gennady. Caught Gennady leaning in. Gennady responds with that jab. That jab is just such a great weapon. Mm-hmm. Yep. This looks like it was an uppercut uh, what, cross combination from yeah. Canelo. Canelo trying to reach in now with shots. Uh, a little bit of Golovkin's game there. And Gennady oh. responds with a good right hand. I feel like Canelo is starting to uh, time Golovkin. You know, he's he's definitely uh, landing some, some pretty effective counter punches after a series by Golovkin. Yeah, this is what we were talking about earlier, where he doesn't necessarily counter in the moment. He waits for the exchange to end and then throws immediately afterward. Well, it's become it's effective. He's landing. You know, he's just got to survive those barrages coming from Golovkin. I feel like and, Golovkin's also throwing a lot of like single power punches. Like he's just waiting for that opening to uh, t to knock Canelo with one punch. And that's the danger of getting too brave in these types of situations. But right now, I think Canelo's fighting very disciplined and doing a very good job of. Landing a combination and getting out of the way. But now he's caught standing still, and Golovkin opens up a little bit. And there's that jab. What a beautiful jab Golovkin has. The miss with the right hook from uh, Canelo. He's he trying to shoot it 
right after Golovkin throws that jab, he's trying to shoot that right hand. And that was a little bit of a low blow. Looks like the left uh, left hook there scored for Golovkin. Canelo shook it off. And telling stat, body shots through the first two rounds, five for Canelo, none for Golovkin. If there was one definite criticism made of Golovkin in the first fight, it's that he did not throw anywhere near enough body punches. Only landed eight through the course of the fight. Well, you know, as they say, if you can't breathe, you can't punch. You got to work that body. You know, if, you, if the body falls, the head will follow. I think that was a very effective round for Canelo. Yeah, I would definitely give that one to Canelo. I think he was more active, and I think as a result, he was able to land more. I think Gennady's still trying to chip away at him a little bit and try to time him, rather than get into a, a fisticuffs firefight. And this is a, playing out a little bit similar to the first try, believe it or not. What's next for either one of these guys if they if they can pull out a victory? For Canelo, there's a number of possibilities based on the amount of middleweights that he hasn't fought yet. For Triple G, I think there's really only two fights left for him at 160. I think, and there's a replay of one of the good, solid left hooks Canelo was able to land in that round. I think there's the rematch with Danny Jacobs. And the only other guy who has a belt that Triple G hasn't fought is Billy Joe Saunders, and I think those are the two logical fights to make. And the, the Letterman card, uh, we've got 10-9 uh, again for Canelo. With that time, we agreed with him. All right. Canelo's starting to open up here. Oh, we've got a headlock. It was bound to happen at some point. You have two guys like to fight inside, and the headlock occurred just after Golovkin just short with that right uppercut moving inside. And that's a punch he's looking to land. Canelo is just begging, begging Van to lean into that left hook. And again, now they trade uppercuts. And the right hand was just short. Canelo now kind of reaching with that overhand right. I think one of the marked differences between these two, you could just see it. When Golovkin was short with that right hand, Canelo really used his feet to move out of the way. When Canelo was short on his right hand, Golovkin used his hips and upper body to shift. And that's a big difference in how the two fight. Canelo much more reliant on foot movement for his defense. Golovkin upper body movement and placement. Up. Oh. We've got a firefight going here. They're exchanging jabs and crosses. Canal getting very aggressive, really moving in on Golovkin. Starting to wonder, starting to wonder if Golovkin's having an issue uh, with his breath. He's getting tired in there. He's st he caught him with a jab. I think he's looking for those balance shots because he caught Canelo in the middle of a foot transition and Canelo had to adjust. It it's a funny thing. In, the, in this fight, when the fight's taking place in the middle of the ring, I would say Golovkin has had a pronounced advantage in those moments. When it's been closer to the ropes, I think Canelo's been able to get off and get out. 
Well, again, I'm wondering if at the times so he's getting him closer to the ropes, it's because he's trying, you know, he, he's trying to get his win back. Each guy throwing big in that exchange, but not really landing. And there's, I think, a good weapon for Golovkin would be the lead right hand. Because he's landed it about two or three times, and Canelo hasn't seen it coming. Another lead right hand, and a follow with a jab. And that's the end of the round. Mark, what did you think you saw there? Um, again, I, I'm, you know, as you said... Uh, I think Canelo would land uh, when he was pushing him up against the ropes, though Golovkin uh, would definitely take the lead when he, you know, when he had the center of the ring. Problem is, he didn't have the center of the ring for very long. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give that round to Canelo. I think there's an argument to be made for Golovkin, but I'm going to I'm going to lean towards Canelo. I thought he did good work early in the round, and while I think Golovkin came on stronger towards the end. I don't think it was enough to erase what Canelo did in the beginning of the rounds. Like I said, I think Canelo got uh, got Golovkin's timing early on, you know, and is effectively counterpunching. I think I think you're going to see now the adjustments being made now that the first three rounds are down. This is the point of the fight where you're going to really see these guys pick and choose their shots more intelligently, and the openings are going to become more apparent. And... Golovkin with a little more of an aggressive start than we've seen him with in the past few rounds. I think Golovkin also needs, really needs to cut the ring off, try to back uh, Canelo into a corner. You know, and Harold there's... Letterman has scored round three for Golovkin. Oh, well. <laughs> Bizarro world. This and round brought to you by Venom. You going to go see Venom? Probably not. Uh, probably not. Each guy <laughs> lands a left hook in that exchanging. Here's now, they're both firing back. Canelo now opening up, but he's not landing cleanly. Again, he got one shot through out of those four, but it's up to Golovkin to make that exchange finish his way. <laughs> and that's how you do it with a good snapping left hook. Yep. Now Golovkin's trying to find a home for that uppercut. He's thrown that a few times in this round so far. And there it was. That got him on the end. In close, I think Golovkin would benefit. I think he's got superior inside defense, and he can find the openings a little bit quicker. So what he really needs to do is he, he needs to bully and muscle uh, Canelo back into a corner and keep close. Don't you know? Keep that pressure on him. Don't give him a lot of space. I think when he gives him space, Canelo see you know uh, and he gives him space. Canelo actively evades or uses his defense, and then is able to effectively counter. Yeah, and Golovkin's, again, the subtle footwork. On the inside, he changes angles much quicker than Canelo. He's got to be the one to take advantage of that. Canelo doesn't see it as it develops, and Golovkin can do it, and that's where he can find a home for that uppercut and follow it with a left hook. And I think Canelo would be wise at this point to jab his way out of these exchanges. Finish with that jab and reestablish distance so you can use your feet. But he's not doing that here. Golovkin's taking the lead and finishing the exchanges. That's where you want to be. What Golov I don't think Golovkin should... See, this is where Golovkin starts to have problems. Every time he starts backing up into the ropes, he's giving Canelo an advantage. He's giving them opportunity. Look at that. Look at Canelo. There we go. 
And he led into the uppercut again there, but he's throwing it from an outside angle, and that's dangerous. Yeah, I think Golovkin overextends on those, leaves himself open for a big counterpunch. Yeah, he's, that's the opening for a left hook, and Canelo's almost scored with one to the body. Golovkin picked it off with his elbow and scored with one on the way out. You see again, he's throwing that uppercut very far outside. Look at that. There's a big swing and Canelo countered right before the end of the round. I would give that round to Gennady. I think he did better work inside, and I think his punches were the more substantial. I would agree. So if you're in the corner of, of uh, Triple G right now, what are you telling him? I'm telling him to continue bowling his way in behind that power jab cut the ring to a third of what it is and get those exchanges inside happening. If you're going to make that uppercut score, you need to throw it inside. you got to stop those outside wide uppercuts from happening because you're giving Canelo an opportunity to either step inside you with a jab or step outside of you with a hook. And you don't want to give a kid who can hit that hard that much time to counter you. That is where he needs to throw that uppercut as you see on the replay. Very close inside after he turned the angle that Canelo was at. You control the angle, you control the fight. That baby is up way too late. Well, it's the West Coast. They're they're only, you know, at 8.30 there. Mm, still. Mm. It's hard to control it. It's, it's hard Here to deal. Round five, and there's the punch I think that Gendolovkin needs to throw more. And that's the right hand to the body. And Letterman scored that one for uh, Golovkin. I think you'd have to be fairly blind not to. <laughs> oh! Misses with the uppercut. And Canelo tries his own inside, but there's the subtle angle turn like I talked about. You notice that Golovkin was all the way exited to the other side, and there's the uppercut inside, and now they're trading inside. This is where they want the fight to be. There's that jab. He's got to work that power jab again. That set up those openings. And Canelo throws a good right hand over the top. And Golovkin responds. This is the fight we wanted to see. There's the lead right hand again. When he does that, Canelo stops. And he has the ability to turn off. And when I say turn off, it means it gives GGG the option to go to his left or his right because Canelo's frozen. And what he can do is step around Canelo either side. Canelo has controlled the center of the ring so far for the entire round. He keeps walking him along the ropes. He has, but he hasn't landed off of that yet. And he's got to make that work for him. Oh, look at that. Triple G slid right into that punch. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Snap one right in there. Boom. Boom. Right in the nose. Looping, looping hooks. And there's that short, straight right hand again. It's almost with Golovkin as if his short lead right is more of a jab and his jab is more of a power shot. All right, now this, this round is definitely going towards uh, Golovkin. Seems to be of landing more than Canelo. Starting it's to wonder. It's that lead right hand that's confusing him. Mm hmm. He's yeah, he's taking a lot of jabs in this round. Canelo trying to set something up there, trying to juke and jive. 
And now Golovkin scoots out to the center. It's very interesting to see the difference here in that Golovkin has been more content to fight off of the back foot here, and Canelo fighting more the aggressor, you know, a polar opposite of the first fight. And I think both guys have had better success in these moments with these strategies. Any word on how Canelo's camp was for this fight? Any issues uh, going into it? Well, he refused media workouts, uh, and there was a good body shot by Golovkin inside. Good exchanges were getting to the end of the round. And a cut on the eye of Canelo, it seems. Yeah, Canelo seems to be slowing down. That's what I was starting to get at while I was asking about his uh, about his workout. Because I, I feel like he's starting to fade here. I mean, it's subtle. It's, you know, we're not talking you know, deep heaving breaths here. But I don't feel no. like he's as, as dynamic as he was in the first few rounds. It's a different kind of fading. In the first fight, he expended a lot of energy through the first two rounds moving around the ring to stay out of Gennady's power. And then he slowed down dramatically. And that cut is not in a good spot. No. That cut will bleed into the eye. And that was caused by a punch, likely one of those short lead right hands. But as you're saying, Mark, the slowdown here is different. It's because he's been the aggressor coming forward. There, good jab, and that might have been where that cut opened up, actually. Yeah, it looks like it was right off of that jab, right above the eye. And in walks Melissa right now. Melissa, we are watching Triple G. Uh, Gen Gennady Golovkin take on your man from Mexico, the great, the great big cinnamon stick, Canelo. Up, oh, she she is breathless. She loves Canelo. As is Canelo. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Melissa and Canelo both breathless. And Canelo with a slapping left hook to open round five, round six, excuse me. And through round five, Mark, I think in unison we have this fight scored three to two for Gennady Golovkin. Although Canelo landed a good left hook to the body there. Yep, he went for the body again. But it seems right now like those punches are losing steam. Right. And, and he's not setting them up, he's just winging them. Yes. And one of the identifiable traits about Gennady Golovkin has always been his ability to become better as the fight goes on. We're going to see if that plays out here. Now granted, he's in there with a world-class opponent, not a guy who's fighting to survive. And that jab popping off again. Just such a great weapon. And there's a short left uppercut inside to change the script a little bit on Canelo. You know, oftentimes in a fight, Mark, guys will come forward when they're dead tired. And there's one reason for that. Do you know why that is? Why is that, Pat? It's much less energy expended coming forward than it is moving backward. That makes sense. That's why you used to see certain guys who fought a more defensive style. They would actually run their tracks on backwards for spells at a time to get used to having to move backward or move laterally as opposed to just running forward. And this round, really, we're about halfway, a little over halfway through. The story's been Golovkin controlling it with his jab. So and my a good right hand paint job. So our third man in the booth, Melissa, just put out a question for you, Pat. She said, is Canelo not as good as he used to be? I think he's fighting better opposition than he used to fight. And Pat says he's fighting better opposition than he used to fight when we were watching him back in the day. When Lily was like one. When Lily <laughs> was an infant. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was seven years ago. 
And that left hand's a little bit on the belt line. Benji's going to say it's okay. And he pops that jab through again. Now, Canelo has landed more punches this round. Have you seen much snap on those punches? No, and that's what I was talking about before. He seems to be having a degree of issue with his wind where he's not able to put as much power behind those punches. Whereas, uh, now, what I'm seeing from Triple G is punches and bunches here. He's not just throwing, you know, one or two. He's throwing three or four at a time, and he's throwing them at different angles. And we've really seen Canelo one, maybe two shots at a time in this round, and that's it. And I think that's, even though the punch stat numbers will tell you that Canelo landed more that round, I don't think there's any doubt who the more effective puncher was. Let's see. Uh, Canelo jabs landed through that round. Canelo 34. I missed the rest of it. Canelo 34, 38 tonight. Golovkin 45 in the first fight. 64 through this fight. So that jab, again, being the weapon that Gennady is working behind. Starting to see a uh, big, bru big bruise, big bump underneath that uh, left eye on, Gna on uh, Triple G. There he is. Most dangerous man in the world, Mike Tyson. Yes, but only at a spelling bee. <laughs> we are in round seven here of this 12-round fight. Again, Triple G, punt, they, that round went to uh, Canelo. And we are at 57-57 on the Lederman card. Yeah, no, no surprise. Harold Lederman doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> and once again, Gaddy Hopkins just swarming him with punches. You know, the, 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 we're not exactly talking, you know, power, you know, ro Rocky-style KO uh KO punches here, but he's throwing a lot of uh, a lot of straights and crosses right at the top. And Canelo a little bit winging and wide with his shots right now, and kind of just touching Golovkin. That was a good left hook upstairs by Golovkin. Now I feel like Canelo is still looking for that power shot. He's looking for that one punch that's going to send him stumbling, and then he can open, you know. Uh, go open season on him, and and Golovkin is not giving him those opportunities. Meanwhile, Can Canelo's taking a lot of punishment, talking a lot of uh, a lot of lighter hits, but again, he's throwing so many more of them. I think he landed a good left hook to the body. It's the best punch I've seen him land in about three rounds. Um, and if he can capitalize, he might be in position to take a round back here. But again, you know, he looks, he definitely looks worse for wear in terms of the speed of his punches and the snap. And he doesn't want to get into the jab battle. He's not going to win that. The first fight, a lot of it simply came down. There was a good right hand that stepped out of the way of the return to Golovkin. The first fight, a lot of it just came down to conditioning. And because Golovkin controlled the pace, he was in better condition and had better durability and stamina through the fight to win the majority of the rounds. Uh, Golovkin knelt right into that punch. Yep. 
but he did have his guard up, and that's going to take a lot of what would have happened off of that away. I don't think Canelo's getting his hands up like he was at the beginning. I feel no, like he's, he's starting to keep him low. You notice Golovkin basically walking backwards, snapped three jabs off, and landed two and a half of them, we'll call it. Right. Yeah, Canelo's getting tired in there. That was a jab yeah. that stopped him right in his tracks. And Canelo, when you're able to do and now he throws a combination, he's not moving. He loaded up on a right hand, but it's one as opposed to the four things that GGG hit him with, and a good snapping jab. Canelo just now took a Golovkin deep breath. Canelo took a deep breath at the end of that round. And Golovkin did too as he went back to the corner, but it's, you know, there's a marked difference in the two right now. Canelo's looking for that one home run shot, and that's not his game. It is against lesser fighters, but against these types of guys, he's going to have to go in and dig deep. Tonight's power punch stats, if you look at the mark, 49 in the first fight for Canelo, 56 for Golovkin. Canelo's landed 16 more power punches in this fight. Golovkin identical at 56. However, what do we qualify as a power punch? That's a great question, Pat. Because a lot of Gennady's punches that are jabs are head snappers that do damage. A lot of Canelo's wide, more winging shots are not snapping Gennady's head back. Well, I'm wondering if the people doing the tallying are just discounting all the jabs, saying you know a jab isn't a power punch. It's, it's and a that's jab. what it is. It, that's how CompuBox is calculated. Anything that is not a jab is a power shot, no matter how soft or hard it's thrown. Which, again, last round, they're going to say Canelo landed more, but... Yep, they gave it to Golovkin. Yeah, when you're looking at that, it's a round where who would I have rather been that round? Right. And I don't think anybody would have rather been Canelo Alvarez in that round. And that's more of what you need to see from Canelo. He needs to mix up his punch variety and throw in combination. That was a good right hand. Mm. Looks like he scored two... Uh... Two right hooks there. And another one around the guard. That's what Ooh. we need to see from Canelo Alvarez. He needs to get some respect back, and he hits hard enough to do that. Yeah. Triple G, I don't know if you noticed, it was very subtle, but Triple G kind of shook, shook his chin a little bit. Yeah, the no-no the no, no gesture at him. But that's, you, you know what, if you're Canelo, you throw, that, you throw that right away. You don't pay any mind to that. And there's a good clipping right hand inside. Canelo doing really good work this round inside. Canelo needs to take Triple G's body away from him. He needs to make him tired. He needs to make him sweat in there. He needs to make him suck air. Slow yeah, him down a, a bit. Good, oh, Good job of it in this round. Better than we've seen for a long time mm -hmm. from him. Yeah, Canelo seems to have woken up in this round. So far, depending on how this goes, I'm going to have to give it to Canelo. Yeah, that one-two is the first combination we've seen from Golovkin this round. And we're a minute and a half into it. I think he's Canelo's done some of his best work in this round. It would be a shame for him to step off the gas and let Triple G get back into it. He's got good pressing advantage here. He's snapping off good shots. He's not getting hit much in return. He's got to step on it here. But now Golovkin's opening up again. And we will <laughs> see how the worm turns here. Now Canelo's doing a lot of reaching. Mm-hmm. And he might have blown his load there. He might be tired now after all that. Because he threw a lot of... Ooh! As, as I say that, Golovkin. he lands a left. This is when Golovkin should go to his body. 
Don't let him out of the corner. See, let him right out of that corner. He, I, you know, he, I, th- I th- thought he had him there a distinct uh, advantage, but, uh, you know, he let him walk right out of the corner. And, and again, he's not throwing body punches at a guy who slowed his pace for a moment here. Mm-hmm. He had the opportunity and elected not to do it. He stayed at distance and tried to work off of a jab, but did a lot of posturing and not much punching. Canelo's going to do well this round on the scorecards. He must, you know, psychology-wise, he must be in there feeling like this isn't the round. You know, I've got another round or two before I, you know, I can really uh, effectively put this guy down. This this just isn't it, so I'm not going to blow my load. Why else don't you press the guy once you have him in the corner like that? He may be trying to pace himself to last the distance. He may not feel that he has what it takes to take Canelo out. And, he, you know, he couldn't do it in the first fight. He's landing much more cleanly here on a regular basis. You know, power punches we showed, it was about the same where he was in the first fight, but his jab count was up. So he's landing more, but Canelo's still there with him. And I would argue that Canelo's fighting a better fight tonight than he did the first time around. That's a Canelo round for me. I've got it 5-3 now on my scorecard. Think the eyes given him any problems so far? I haven't seen much blood coming out of it. It's I don't see him necessarily favoring one uh, one side over the other. No, and that's a credit to his corner for doing a great job on that cut. That child is out. <laughs> that ch- that child's been knocked out. Before we see a knockout in the ring, the kid over there in the left corner with the red uh, red outfit out cold. She's had enough. Uh, Howard Letterman gave that one to Golovkin, and we've got it seventy-seven seventy-five for Golovkin. I don't. Okay, I don't understand what fight Harold's watching, but I never do. <laughs> um, we're opening up with good action here in the ninth. They, they both threw some combinations here in the center of the ring. And like I said, then now I think Golovkin's looking a little bit laborious with his punches. Good snap on that from Canelo. See, yeah, I look, he might. Might be uh, tide might be turning here. He doesn't seem there, as there's there's the punch that I think both guys need <laughs> to throw more often. It's a right hand to the body. He doesn't seem nearly as lethargic in this round. No, and he's doing good body work here, and he opened up with the right hand mm. over the top. That was a great combination. And Golovkin now winging a little bit more from the outside. Heavy volume of jab is not particularly effective. Look at that. Look at that uppercut. I feel like Canelo had to resist the urge to headbutt him there. Oh, I I think he did. <laughs> I think he wanted to. <laughs> and there was a wide right hand from the outside, a bit more of a slapping right hand from Golovkin, not real solid, but his jab comes in to play again. Now, through this part of the round, I would say Canelo's had the edge, but we saw in round seven, round six, that this is when Golovkin has come on stronger. After he lets Canelo kind of take that lead of the round, He's been able to come on strong behind a jab, behind combinations, and mixing in the lead right hand, which we haven't seen yet from him this round. As you begin your analysis just now, Golovkin touched him two or three times right in the head. I mean, yeah. none, none of them were particularly hard punches, but you know, uh, you know, as far as landing your glove on someone's face, he managed it. And he got that uppercut through, and now a left hook through. This is where he's he's tried to put his best work together. Canelo wings a right hand that doesn't find the mark, and there's that jab again. When, when you're a boxer throwing that many punches that is just hitting pure air and you're not even coming close to a body, how do you think the judges see that? 
Well, it depends on what kind of judge you have. There are some judges who are going to give you credit for aggression. There are some judges who are going to give the other guy credit for sound defense. And there was a good left hook. And this is what we're talking about, centering exchanges. And a little bit of wrestling. Both guys getting worn for the heads. Golovkin pokes through with the jab. And blocks the right with his shoulder. Canelo with a body shot. Canelo's walking him down again. And Golovkin's <laughs> dancing around the outside. Golovkin does not want to get hit with one of those Canelo power punches. And there's a right hand, that lead right hand again, which I don't know why he got away from it. That is a very difficult round to score, Mark. I have to give the edge, in my opinion, to Golovkin. I would agree with you. Uh See, 395 to 217 for Golovkin and Jabs thrown. Through, uh, 395 to 217. That is an astounding statistic. I, the, the fights, as far as the scorecards go, have to be leading towards Golovkin, no, with that kind of statistic? No. And the first fight is a good metric of that. And again, we discussed the judges in this fight who don't necessarily always add up to what we uh, assume is a correct good judging. It does make you wonder, you know, if you're the modern boxer, what do you do with the jab when the judges don't seem to give you much credit for it? I you mean, obviously... Uh, <laughs> exactly. You <laughs> work, on your cro- work on your cross and your hooks. You no, know, you use that jab to knock people out. You batter mm-hmm. people with that jab. You do it like Sonny Liston, Larry Holmes, George Foreman. You use that... Thomas Hearns, you use that jab as a pile driver to the point where guys don't want to get hit with it and they open up and mm. get hurt. Nice uppercut there by Golovkin. If we're at 87-84 on the Letterman card, Golovkin took the last round. Took the last three, as a matter of fact. And Letterman somehow has arrived at our scorecard of 6-3. to three. Good combination there from Canelo, finding the mark. A little bit short with the right hand. And a little hold and hit there. You know what I like about our commentary so far? Neither one of us has yelled out Mamma Mia. And none of us will. Oh, look at that. Oh, he turned his face on that one. That was a nice snapping uh, connection. I thought we saw a mouthpiece lost there for a second. I might have been mistaken. Snapped his head back again. (laughs) Canelo's just dropping those hands. You know, we're late in the fight here. He can't get those hands up. That jab is something special. You know, the last middleweight who had a really dominating jab like that was Marvin Hagler out of the Southpaw stand. This is not looking good for Canelo. He cannot. His his, the drawbridge is down and the horses are running through. Golovkin is having his way with Canelo. I mean, he's trying to fight back, but his defense has gone to hell. And the one thing about Golovkin, he's not punching to the body when he's given that open target. He's still headhunting. I don't know why that is. Just praying, praying for one of those power punches to land Canelo is. And Golovkin really not paying him a lot of respect, although that was a good left hook to the body by Canelo. And that's the one difference I've seen between the two of them. Canelo much more willing to take the open body shot when it's there than Golovkin has been. And that think, was a good right hand around the earmuffs. Now, do you think any of the judges will will uh, weigh their cards against 
Golovkin because he's fought so much of this fight off the back foot? Yes, I do. I have no doubt in my mind that Glenn Feldman will. And that was a good right hand for the body from Golovkin, finally. Uh, 20 headshots for Golovkin to Canelo, 16 this round. 21, and 17. I would, I would guarantee you about 15 of those are jabs. And another good one inside. That chopping right hand over the top. Mm. And, and Canelo actually was visibly discouraged after that one. Canelo looked like he walked into a few of those. Like he pulled a little, you know, not not so over the top, uh, no pun intended, but a little Rocky Balboa style, just sort of took him right on the nose and kept coming. Yeah, that, there was a right hand in that exchange that landed on the button that he walked into, and Canelo shook his head at it, but not in a, a positive way. He had a look on his face that I would compare it to, if you've ever seen when Ray Leonard fought Thomas Hearns the second time, when Ray Leonard was knocked down in that fight for the second time, he had a look of just defeat on his face. I saw that look from Canelo. He had that look on his face in the first fight, and he rallied. Can he do it again here? We're into the, we're into the championship rounds. Oh, look at that. Look at the way his head snapped on that punch. And this Ugh. is that chopping right hand. Oh. Oh, and then scored another one with the left to the jaw. We are in that round jab. 11 here. That jab is how you finish those combinations when you got one like Golovkin. On the Letterman and card, we're at, we're at 97-93. Go ahead, Pat. Which is also where our scorecards lie. And Golovkin came out immediately looking to see how hurt Canelo was following that round. But look at the heart Canelo's showing. He's coming back at him. All right. Golovkin's staying with him. He's walking him down. He's backing him into the corner, which is good. He's got him into the ropes. Don't let him off the ropes now, Golovkin. And if he doesn't go to the body here, I'm going to be very surprised. I shouldn't be at this point because he hasn't, but he has not done any body work. And I feel like when you've got a fighter who's taken the punishment Canelo did in the last round, go to his body to open up those headshots. As we start to close out these rounds, you think Canelo tries to slow the, slows the pace by uh, doing a lot more grabbing, a lot more holding? I think he's not necessarily trying to slow the pace so much as he is trying to just get his bearings and look for an opportunity to land a big shot on the break. Golovkin landed quite and, a few there, continues to attack the head. And Canelo's not moving his head. His defense is largely putting his, his earmuffs up. And when you do that, you're tired. And granted, you're in the 11th round of a physically taxing fight, and he's, he's fighting back. But the punches don't have the snap. Canelo's really trying to just force those punches with his body, and they're not doing any damage to Golovkin, who's riding a lot of them and for, seeing them coming. For me, the story of this fight has been just what you're seeing right now, which is Canelo gets, you know, takes a bit of a beating and then throws these wild, uh, wild power punches that hit nothing. Just winging at, winging at something, hoping for a connection. And it's funny, in this fight, I haven't seen either guy do a tremendous amount of fainting. 
what was coming is what was coming. And I almost feel like, and there was a good right hand by Canelo. And he got a short uppercut inside. Those are two of his better punches oh. for the last two rounds. Canelo took a shot there that uh, made him stumble, but he's back in it now. Go goes to the body. Good right hand there. He looks like he scored again with the with the right. He's trying to steal this round. He's gotten hurt in this round, but he's fighting with a lot of heart to come back. I don't think it was enough. I. I'm not going to doubt that he stole that round on a scorecard or two. I, I don't see how at that point, you know, I feel like, you know, he, he at towards the end there, he just wasn't letting Golovkin hit him like he had been. On the other hand, I don't think he was, you know, he was nearly effective enough to have stolen the round. We'll see what happens. If you look at the punch stats from round 11 tonight, Golovkin out threw him by 20 punches in the fight that we saw last year. In the round this year, he outthrew him by 30 punches. And this is just what we've gotten used to from Gennady Golovkin. It's a guy who just does more as the fight goes on. Is it just me, or does his eye say, I just want this to be over? Of course, I'm talking to those of you listening at home, I'm talking about Canelo. Yeah, Can- Canelo's eyes say, close up shop. I let- Let's just get through this. Oh, according to Letterman, he stole the round. <laughs> it's See, this is what I'm telling you. And he got hit with a good left hook to start the round. Good jab. I would not be surprised if we see a concerted effort from Golovkin to try to close the show here. Oh, look at that. Look at that uppercut. He snapped his head back. And that's what he's been looking for all fight, that right uppercut. And he actually baited him into it that time. We talked about the lack of feints just last round. He fainted him into that uppercut. He'll he'll look for it again. He's going to use that lead right hand to set that uppercut up. Oh. And got his ear, got his earmuffs up there from Canelo's assault. Now it looks Canelo slipping some sweat there. What happened? That was a slip. That's partly the slippery ring surface, partly fatigue. Accidental clash of heads. Uh, Golovkin uh, is still effectively using that uppercut. He's, you know, that's been his main weapon so far in this this last 12th round. I'll tell you what, though, Canelo's fighting with some heart. He's not just, you know, he's not just covering up and, you know, and walking around trying to stay away from Golovkin, just trying to survive the round. He's fighting in there. He's giving it his all. He's not gonna, he's not gonna, you know, just stay in there to survive and last the round. He's trying his best. And he deserves a lot of credit for it. He's landed some good shots, but there you see, Golovkin just walked him into another uppercut. This fight has gone by very quickly. Like, for a 12-round fight, some of these, I feel like, you know, I feel like it's gone 12 months, not 12 rounds. But this one, this one flew by. It's been, it's been action the whole way through. And even when it was in a more tactical pace, there was still great action between these two. And that's what you get with two great fighters. You know, regardless of how you feel about either of these guys who you favor... They are both great world-class fighters, and if you don't believe it, they're showing right here why. And it looks like they sold out That's the, the stadium there in Vegas. So to those who were a few years ago saying boxing's dead, 
I defy you to watch this fight and say those with you know and say those and be serious about it. Look at that. Those short jabs, those short left jabs from uh, Golovkin just petering up uh, Canelo's face. And Canelo's still walking forward. We are almost done here. We are at 10 seconds. Everyone is on their feet. Oh, look at that. Score to the side of the head for Golovkin. Oh. And we are at the last punch of the match. Uppercut. Golovkin. Outstanding. Tremendous fight. Tremendous effort. Two guys giving you everything they've got. Let me tell you, an outstanding effort. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. We didn't plan this tonight. We didn't. You know, normally I have stuff planned all over my calendar. I literally saw Pat online, saw that this fight was going on, and said, "Hey, Pat, you want to do some commentary?" So everything you just heard was just me and Pat, uh, with you know, with only a, a minute's discussion, saying, "Hey, let's watch a fight and talk about it." And what a fight it was. This was an outstanding action fight throughout. This, I mean, this literally had everything. You had tactical fighting to start with. You had trench warfare. You had momentum shifts. This was excellent from beginning to end. Our final scorecards wound up tallying nine rounds to three, 117-111 for Triple G. Could have seen it somewhere in the neighborhood of 116 to 112, which is how Harold Letterman scored it, though not at all alike on rounds. Please ignore that aspect of it. Um I'm getting texts in from friends, you know, we're watching the fight, 116, 112, 117, 111. Those two seem to be the scores. But so far, everybody I know who has it, we've got it unanimous for Gennady Golovkin. Uh, and we're, we're, we're going to get to the judging. And, Mark, that's one we've got to go silent for. I was going to say. So, yeah, every, so everyone that you know and you and I all agree Gennady won this fight. So it's going to come back majority draw Canelo. Let, let's not uh, let's not say that. Um, but I am interested to hear who scored it how. As I've said, I feel tremendously about Steve Weisfeld as a judge. I think he's as good as the game has. Uh, I think Glenn Feldman sucks, and I think Dave Moretti's an embarrassment. So it'll be interesting to see where we see this. Uh, and also shout out to my friend Benji. While not a tremendous amount for him to do in this fight, I think he was the perfect complement as a referee to this fight. He let them fight. He didn't excessively get involved where he didn't need to be. And I'm happy about that. I'm happy he got this opportunity. I think it's well-deserved, and I think he performed extremely well. I think, yeah, I did a good job there by the ref. And as you said, it's not like he had to get in between them a whole bunch and then do as the one referee does on Showtime Boxing, moonwalk back. As we wait for the scorecards, we hope you've enjoyed this alternative commentary tonight. And hopefully Pat and I will get an opportunity to do some live uh, alt-commenting on some other MMA or boxing fights uh, this, or next, this, time, this year and next we've, year. We've got scores, Mark. Gennady with a small cut above. And I'm prepared for outrage. Let's see the scores. 
Glenn Feldman scores at a draw. Shock. <laughs> 115 to 113, 7 to 5. And they gave it to Canelo. <laughs> Did I not see that coming? This is an embarrassment for boxing. Uh, what do you do now if you're if you're Triple G, when you know retire, just just get, go go on and do something else, go into the woods and live deliberately. Yeah. Uh. This is this is disgusting. As a fan, how do you keep watching when you've seen so many? I mean, like ju- just casually listening to you and Gavin, uh, Gavin Napier of the Casual Heroes. You know, talk about boxing and the amount of ridiculous decisions that have come across. I mean, to such to the point that it makes a lot of what happens in MMA look absolutely on, you know, uh, upstanding and on the nose. How do you continue to watch this? You know, there's a lot more good than there is bad. But because the bad tends to happen on such a stage like this, two guys who are just fan favorite fighters who aren't politically connected... You know, just it's 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 hard. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, it, it's hard. I, mean, I, I it was uh, a fight or so back that there was such a ridiculous decision that you just threw your hands up and stopped watching MMA. It, it, no, because the the thing that bothers me about MMA, aside from bad judging, which does happen, you know, there too, and I would say the frequency between them is about the same. I don't think one's any better than the other. For MMA, the thing besides that is a lack of good fighting. We saw great fighting in this fight. Yes, it was. The, the, at I, a very high level, a lot of action. This is almost the opposite of the Bruce Pritchard thing, where it's just like, oh, this guy's great, he's got awesome charisma, but then the bell rings and it's all downhill from there. This is the opposite, where everything that's good about it happens in the ring, and then the bell rings and it's over, and that's when the, and that's when the nonsense starts. Yeah, this this was disgusting. Um, this is bad. There's no other way to say it. Um, and I I really lauded Steve Weisfeld as a judge before this, and I have to eat my hat because he I don't know what fight he was watching that he would score this seven to five for Canelo Alvarez. Two judges gave Canelo Alvarez the twelfth round. This is a horrendous decision. This is embarrassing for boxing. This is embarrassing for Max Kellerman, who is not going to tell him that he should have lost the fight because he doesn't have the guts to. Uh, one judge giving Canelo the 12th round avoided another draw, another draw where it shouldn't have been that close in the first place. No. This is insanity. This is, and again, for Gennady Golovkin, this is a guy who's not politically connected. This is a guy who's legitimately had to earn everything he's gotten. And for him to fight so hard and fight so well, not once, but twice, and to have it taken away from him is everything that's wrong with boxing. Well, I hope he got paid well for this, at least. 
They say the pay grade in boxing, especially on pay-per-view, is so far uh, higher than it is in MMA. So, you know, I, I, I hope he got his fair share. You know what? I'm sure he got paid, but a lot of times it's not about that. And no, this of course is one of those not. fights where it no. wasn't about that. No, you, obvi- you, you obviously want to see fair scoring. You want to see competent scoring. But you and I have been at this a long time uh, in one way, shape, or form. Competent scoring, you know, it, it's, <laughs> it's nice when it's there, but I wouldn't count on it. You know, this, this is the, the, what should have been the legacy-defining fight for him. He got the big fish that he'd long been after. He got Canelo. He beat him the first time, and they called it a draw. He got him the second time, and he fought even better. And they tell him he lost. So if the fix is truly in, what does it benefit boxing to shower Canelo with with titles? It doesn't. And that's the problem, and they don't see that. That's the problem with the power brokers. They don't see that it's not beneficial to put these belts on Canelo when he didn't win the fight. Because everybody who's seen the fight can see that he lost it. And that's not and it's not knocking him. I'm not saying he fought terribly. I'm not saying he's a bad fighter. But he was very clearly beaten by a superior fighter by anybody who watched this fight other than the three morons who sat at ringside. And now there's no incentive for Canelo to fight him again because... He knows he can't beat him, and he's already had two fights with him where Golovkin has not gotten his hand raised, so he can just sit back and lean on that and say, well, the guy's had two shots and he couldn't beat me either time. Right. I'm the champion. I don't have to fight him. And he won't. And Golovkin's 36 years old. Do you think Golovkin's going to wait there patiently till he's 40 when Canelo's finally willing to fight him again? Absolutely not. This is um this is Hagler Leonard level bad because what they've again done is anointed a star and taken away from somebody who should have had this to define a Hall of Fame career. This was the fight where Golovkin had the one guy who could define his legacy more than anybody went in there and beat him again and didn't get the decision because he's not the promoter's boy. And this is the problem. You know, somebody like Floyd Mayweather had enough clout to avoid this kind of thing happening to him when he fought Canelo. Gennady Golovkin, you know, yeah, he's gotten some play in the mainstream a little bit. Not anywhere near as much as Floyd Mayweather. And not even enough as as Canelo Alvarez, who's in commercials with Sylvester Stallone and Tecate Beer and everything else. And Golovkin, we see him now. He's walking out of the arena and... I hate to say it, but this is probably the last time we'll ever see Canelo, or excuse me, Golovkin, in a ring, and I don't blame him. This is this generation's version of 31 years later, Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray Leonard, where the greatest middleweight of his generation gets the chance to beat the media darling superstar, does it, only to get the decision turned against him at the end in a fight that should have defined his legacy and been the cherry on top of his Hall of Fame career Sunday. And it's, it's disgusting. It's horrible. The fact that these scumbag shills on HBO are trying to defend this decision as good is embarrassing for them. Jim Lampley, Roy Jones, Max Kellerman, you can all kiss my ass. 
because you're all a bunch of paid shill scumbags with an agenda. You're all on Oscar De La Hoya's nuts because he's providing content for you. You all want to build up your next little star, which is Canelo. And I'm probably not going to watch any of your broadcasts now. Okay. So, congratulations. Well, we were having fun. It's unfortunate that it ended this way. Let's talk about let's talk about other fun things. When are you doing another Casual Heroes podcast? Um, we were going to record a couple this week to get in the can. Unfortunately, Jed has taken his last vacation of the year for the summer, and it's uh, a work in progress. Basically, the next project we have going is Gavin and I have been debating each other about what the worst year in wrestling was. <laughs> Gavin is very defensive that it was 1994. It's 95. See, this is my argument. And by any, by any and every metric, it was 95. You know, and Gavin's argument is that 94 was worse. And what we're going to do is compare certain aspects of each year. We're going to do a show based around 1994. We're going to do a show based around 1995. My hypothesis is that Gavin hates 1994 because Hulkamania ran wild in Turnerland. And that's all I can think of why you would think 94 was worse than 95. If you use WrestleMania as a metric, um, and you, you and, and 94 is Bash of the Beach, Hogan, Flair, isn't it? Or is that 90? No, that's 94, isn't that's it? That's 94. That's 94 okay. Bash of the Beach. Okay, so 94 Bash of the Beach is Hogan, Ric Flair, which is at the time, I think, is a record-setting pay-per-view for WCW. It is. And on the other side is WrestleMania, which is at the Garden, which was a highly lauded pay-per-view that was headlined between Bret Hart finally getting his moment in the sun First having a Hall of Fame-worthy match against his brother to open the show, and then getting the title from Yokozuna, where confetti was dropped on him, and the locker room carried him around on his shoulders. Plus you had... Edward Reynolds. Plus you had Shawn Michaels and uh, the Razor Ramon ladder match that set the standard for ladder matches until, you know, the Dudleys, Hardys, and, the, and uh, Edge and Christian. 95, WrestleMania uh, has Diesel as world champion versus Shawn Michaels and then the Bam Bam uh, Lawrence Taylor fiasco Um, SummerSlam was Mabel versus Diesel with a main event anywhere in the world and 95 uh, in WCW was the Dungeon of Doom what in the hell is Gavin talking about Uh, well here's my hypothesis for that. I think it's largely biased because, one, Gavin, like myself, does not have a particularly fond uh, feeling for Bret Hart. However, it's very different why we feel not so fondly of Bret. I don't like Bret because post-stroke Bret has become a hypocrite and a joke and doesn't understand where Bret Hart ends and the Hitman character begins. Gavin doesn't like Bret because... Brett's a better wrestler than Ric Flair. <laughs> and Gavin's always maintained that Ric Flair is the best performer that there's ever been. Ric Flair does one match well. And if he doesn't yep. do that match, his, his, it sucks. But you know what? 
I will let you guys have that discussion. I'm yeah. I'm with you. There's I'm gonna plenty, there's going to be plenty of it besides that to argue about why yeah. 95 is worse. So I'm, I'm fairly a- confident I'll win that argument. But. I'm anxious to hear this show. You got my vote, Pat. 95 was definitely financially content-wise the worst year in major professional wrestling. But again, uh, we're looking forward to that show whenever you guys get it in the can and up on uh, and up on YouTube. I guess YouTube is now the exclusive home of the Casual Heroes. Is that right? Uh, well, we're still going to be featured through our normal venues of Reddit, um, but YouTube is really our new partner. We're really excited about it. They're going to be uh, sponsoring a lot of our content, which is great. Um, we had our first WrestleCast back. There'll probably there'll be two in the upcoming couple weeks that we'll get done for worst year ever. Um, we're also gonna have more old guys, old games. Uh, we're gonna have making fun of Chris happening on every show, so that's always fun. And maybe one day we'll release the unreleased uh, reboot pilot. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, I have had a busy frickin' night tonight. Uh, Chris, uh, Ronnie Adams, and I did a Screaming Boy podcast exclusive on the Rattlers and Broadcasting Network where we went over and reviewed the DC Universe over-the-top app. Uh, we looked at it on, on the Apple TV platform and on the desktop computer and whatnot. And then we followed that up with a TV Party Tonight Extra commentary track for Superman Doomsday. Uh, so this makes three recordings in one night. I am a podcasting machine. You know what I mean? And I look forward to listening to that Doomsday podcast because I very much enjoyed the feature. Yeah, it's pretty good. I uh, I had to watch it back to back today. It was uh, it was a good piece of business. So um, I'm glad we were able to do this. Look for more uh, commentaries between Pat and I. Pat and I like to pick on the uh, UWF matches hither and thither. Uh, we'll do some Japan stuff eventually. And uh, yep, I've got some you know I've got some matches that I'd like to talk to you about. You've always got uh, one you know one in the can for me when I've got ten minutes to spare. And you know Sean Comer uh, has delayed one of our podcasts for half an hour, so that's, that's usually when it happens. So uh, look for our wrestling commentaries. We've got quite a few in, uh, up on the network already, and there'll be more to go. We hope you enjoyed our alternative commentary for Triple G versus Canelo Two. Uh, for Pat Mullen, the punchy pugilist of the Casual Heroes, I'm your mandated reporter, Mr. Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>